0: Love Talk Radio.
1: Welcome, listeners, to Art Fair Radio. This is Connie Mettler of ArtFairInsiders.com, a social networking site for artists. And I'm also the publisher of ArtFairCalendar.com, the place to find the nation's best art fairs. Later in the show, we will be taking your calls if you're listening live. Here's the number, write it down. I'm sure you're going to have questions as we go along. 805 243 1338. 805 243 1338. Today's topic, we're going to be talking about starting an art fair. Are there enough art fairs out there already? Seems to me that some days there are, some days there aren't. Why would someone want to start a new one? My guests are Ray Marie Schneider and Kim House from the St. John's River Festival of the Arts in Sanford, Florida, who hosted their first event last May. They are deep into the planning for their second show, which will be held in downtown Sanford on May 4th and 5th. Welcome, Kim and Ray Marie. Hello, everybody. Hi, Connie.
0: Thank you for having us. Hello, Connie. Hi,
1: Kim. Some, sounds like you're down. Someone in there is down in a hole. So pick up your phone and talk in, please. Okay.
0: Okay, I sure
1: will. Okay. Thank you. I'm also be going to. Be, we're going to be hearing from. Yes, that's much better. From Dennis Gorg, who is a longtime organizer of events in the St. Louis area, but he has a new show this year, and he is going to be taking his longtime experience to develop the Midtown Taste and Art Fair in St. Louis in June. Hello, Dennis. Hi, Connie.
2: Thanks for having me on the show. Uh, glad to be here and real excited to be talking about the new event this year.
1: I look forward to hearing all your plans. My third guest today is Tim Riley, who's heading up a committee who are diligently preparing for their first show in Madison, Georgia on September 28th and 29th. Thanks for joining us, Tim.
3: Thank you, Connie.
1: Well, it's great to have you here. I've done lots of emailing back and forth with all of you, but now today we get to talk to each other. So thank you for taking the time for joining me today. We're going to first of all. I want to start with a lot of background information, and I'm going to start with um, Ray Marie. Would you please tell me why Sanford, Florida, decided to have an art fair?
0: Oh well, one of our things was one to commit uh, cultivate an arts and cultural environment here in Sanford, and we we did have well we still do we have several galleries and uh, we have art with working studios here and it was really becoming uh in the process over the time we've been doing this, but it's been a very artsy place. People want to come by, they want to go to the restaurants and they can go to the galleries afterwards and we do different events with um art walks and such. And um we just thought that when a community is uh thriving, it does have um an arts community and it just it makes an integral part of the community. And uh, it was uh, actually with all the galleries and everything that was going on, it, the timing was right for this type of event. We felt that it distinguished the um, uh, the city, it made it uh, I guess more happening. I guess you would say.
1: Okay, so um, so what was what was the mission for your show? Why did you did, what what did what, did what did you hope for the outcome? Well,
0: the mission was to. Um, Cultivate well we have our mission. And uh cultivate the, um, the quality of life of the arts and culture and uh educate the community about and what um another part of it.
1: Ray Murray, your your connection is breaking up um we're having um have it not coming through clearly. Can you speak clearly okay. or do something else? Pass, okay, pass the term? answer over to Kim. Kim, okay. how about you finish finish your sentences? Okay.
0: Well, the actual mission of our organization is to enrich the quality of life of our community by cultivating an arts and cultural environment that offers venues to educate and to stimulate the appreciation and the advancement of both. And that's okay. the actual mission okay. statement.
1: And, and what is the population of Sanford?
0: We have... A uh, little over fifty-five thousand people.
1: Okay, and are there no other art fairs going on there?
0: Not
1: in Stanford, no. Mm-mm. Okay. We All have right, we well,
0: do
1: have them in adjoining areas. Right. I yes, I know Florida does have one or two art fairs. That's for sure. <laughs> okay. Sure does. <laughs> okay, Dennis. Um, tell me just a little bit about your background, and then what made you uh, decide uh, St. Louis needed another art fair. Well, thank
2: you. Uh, My background really is in large-scale public events, and so for about 20 years, I've been producing major events, and I got involved in my first art fair about 12 years ago and uh, found great success in growing an event from about 12,000 people to 60,000 people over the course of eight or nine years, and one thing we found was that uh, we found a real unique niche with a lot of people coming into the St. Louis market from... Really, other parts of the country. So we would experience Southwest art, or Northern art, or even Western art. Um, as you know, in the art fair business, there there's different unique uh, regions, if you will. And bringing that into St. Louis, we found just great desire in our, not just not just our art fair lover, but also the art fair buyer. And uh, so this year, we've decided to start a new show, Midtown Taste Art Fair, and really felt that there was a void. Uh, in the first week of June, here in St Louis, as you know in the in the art fair industry, a lot of people travel to shows and and we found that there just wasn 't a lot of shows right on that first weekend in june and and why it 's a great time to come to the midwest and the weather is usually exceptionally well and and St Louis seems to embrace the street festival type of art fair um very very well and we we uh, We have other well known uh events. Here in St. Louis, whether it be the Webster Groves show or whether it be the Art on the Square show, which are also very festival-oriented shows. And when I say festival-oriented, I mean it involves food. There's also music. There's also a, a children's fair component or uh, you know a wine garden component. And so uh, St. Louis seems to be a uh, sort of a hyperbolic chamber, if you will, of of experiencing those kinds of festivals and really felt. Uh, uh, that we needed a, a great new um, neighborhood festival, but at the same time to, again, bring in a lot of regional artists from other parts of the country to St. Louis.
1: One of the things that um noticed about your event, as opposed to the other two people we're talking to today, is that yours is not strictly an art fair. You have a lot of other pieces to it, right? And your reason for that is? Well, it's so
2: true. And and what I've learned I think over the years and and again this is a a first year show, but I've been producing these shows for for quite a few years. But what I've learned is that uh, folks who who come out specifically in St. Louis and the Midwest, they want other things to do. It, you know, and and of course art we want art to be enough, but oftentimes a lot of folks will come for the food, they'll come for the music, and then they 'll experience the art for the first time and say, "Wow, I was never at an art show, and isn't this amazing?" And so in a lot of ways, by producing a festival-style show, you, you introduce people to um, the art industry who otherwise might not go. And I point more towards, let's say, folks who are younger, you know, maybe someone in their late teens or early 20s who really hasn't experienced. Wow, you know, I really want to outfit my apartment with a nice new piece of art, and wow, I got this at an art fair, and I never even thought I'd go to an art fair. Because there, there's a stigma attached to art shows that they're boring, or that's for older people. And, and I think by, by incorporating a festival-style show, uh, we bring them for the music, we bring them for the food, and they stick around for the art. And, and in that way, we're also... Introducing uh, really a new generation
1: to artists. And, right, you're bringing and I, I think a new audience to the
0: art
2: fairs.
1: Yeah, and you I think that's your, a real it's an audience thing. development kind of a feature, isn't it? That's right, that's right. Yeah, right, right. I, I was involved in an event uh, that took place in Oakland County, Michigan, which is the second wealthiest uh, area in the country at one time. And we did the same sort of thing. People would come to the event who would never have gone to an art fair. And right. then they saw the wonderful art and thought, Oh, well, this is kind of cool. And I have disposable income. So it, it is right. a great way. The other way. piece
2: of that is by, by diversifying the activities, we're also diversifying the expense, we're diversifying the sponsorship. And so, uh, you know, when you spread that out of, across um, not just uh, your artists and the income you get from there, but also you have income from sponsors, you have income from restaurants, you have income from other areas of the event. And so from a festival standpoint, you're, you're spreading out the burden across the budget. And so uh, it allows you to be a lot more stable financially a lot quicker. Uh, and then also you're you're almost guaranteeing a great population in attendance because you know, when you have folks producing a, a kids element or a... Uh, a food element or an entertainment element that brings people to your event as well and so i think that's a real important piece
1: okay that great answers and that's that's one of the reasons why i have you on the phone today is because i really wanted various different kinds of events now tim riley down in madison georgia i think you told me madison's about an hour from atlanta correct yes yes and people came together in your community to put start a new event that's going to happen this September. Tell me about the genesis of that.
3: Well, I wanted to ask you a question first, if I could. Okay. Did, did you just say disposable income? I was wondering how <laughs> long ago that was.
1: <laughs>
0: uh, <laughs> anyway, well, yes. <laughs> uh,
3: anyway, um, how did we come together to produce this thing? It was a singular vision that I had. Um, we have had uh, festivals here in the past that have... Uh, through the loss of uh, whoever it was that was uh, managing the festivals, have dwindled away. Um, and Madison's a unique community here in the south, uh, in middle Georgia. Um, we were uh, listed as or, or chosen as the number one small town in America back in 2001 by Travel Holiday Magazine. Uh, don't ask me what's involved in getting on those sorts of lists, but anyway, we just recently were also uh, uh, chosen as one of the 16 most picturesque villages in the world. Now, again, I don't know what it takes to get on those things. Do you have to know somebody or what? But we'll take it. And what it means? Well, for our purposes,
1: is that, will it sell art?
3: Uh, for our purposes, <laughs> what it means is that Madison is a destination that's recognized all over the world and we have uh, a very significant uh, heritage tourism branding here already which is a great platform to build the festival on Um and so my idea having been to a number of festivals was just to not reinvent the wheel but to replicate something that was beautiful and good for the community here for us Madison's the kind of a place that just should have more festivals going on and so that was pretty much the genesis of it and then uh, beyond the initial vision of the festival came finding people who shared that vision and who also had the enthusiasm, the motivation, the energy to follow through with it. And I've been very fortunate in that regard as well.
1: So um, is this an individual – is this something you developed yourself with a committee? Are you independent from an organization?
3: Um,
1: let me –
3: I'll try to answer this quickly Um without dragging it on too much. Um, I met a festival consultant at a festival in Florida who was telling me about the development of a festival, what goes into it. And at the outset, it seemed like an enormously complex organizational beast. Um, But one of the things that she said that she did that she always insisted on was having ultimate control. And rather than handing off control to a committee, for instance, for a vote, uh, you know, a very democratic way of doing it. And I like the idea of actually having control of the vision and not co-opting the decision making, uh, but then allowing uh, individuals who have unique expertise or experience to head up their own aspect of the festival. I wanted it to be a, an engaging kind of a. of of an experience for a number of different individuals in my community and also for a number of different causes. Um, And so I've tended to keep control of the vision myself um, and keep myself pretty much as the ultimate, as sort of like the final (laughs) decider, if you will. Um, But I have expressed to everybody involved in our festival that what I'm really looking for is a collaborative effort um, and that I really want the festival to look like a collection of talents when it's on the ground.
1: Okay. So now it sounds like you live you live in this community and you are pulling together various people to come in for towards your vision. Is that yes. that sounds about right? Right. Yeah, of yes. Of what what you would okay. And you have visited art fairs over the years and you've got an idea of what you want it to be. Now Ray, Marie, and Kim. D mm-hmm. I know that you are both have you both own small galleries or are both are artists is that is that correct Yes, right. yes. yes. Okay yes, it is. so so Kim um are are you so the t- are the two of you like the co-chair of your event
0: Um we are I am the chair of Ray is the co-chair and I'm also the founder of this event and uh um, we're both, both artists in town we we um I just semi retired from my gallery but um had a gallery here in Sanford for 8 years and Ray Marie still has her gallery. Um I'm a potter as well and I teach and uh Ray's an artist, she paints and um we have a third person on our our board, our board of directors, that's an artist as well. So our
1: So you're a nonprofit is... event with a board, correct? Is that is that yeah. how you're running yours? Yes. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And um, how long were you working on this before you launched your first one last year?
0: Uh, We started back in 2009.
1: Okay. All right. And I'm going to throw this in right here, right now, because, you know, just as sometimes outside events can just take over events, the best laid plans of mice and men. So you were all planning for this show last year in Sanford, Florida, when – all of that national news came up about that t- tragic event with oh, that young yeah. man who got killed, and okay. I know that there was talk, like on my websites and stuff, about who will go to Sanford, Florida. No one will go there. It sounds like a dangerous place.
0: Right. Ray Marie, how
1: did you handle that?
0: We just kept um, pushing forward. Not really pushing. We just um, encouraged everybody. It, a lot of a lot of people, a lot of artists were um, in the area. So they, they knew what family was like.
1: They were willing, willing to
0: take a chance. And um, we did things, you know, especially for the odds that Tom stood up the first year. And, okay. And um, the ones that we didn't, and they were nervous about it, were it's like, okay. But we mm-hmm. had a, a wonderful time.
1: Okay. so, um, So what was the – how many people are – Kim, how many people are working on your event?
0: Oh, uh, I would say with the volunteers, probably about thirty-five.
1: Okay, and um, how how did you finance it up front? We
0: financed it. Well, we were re- really lucky to have a local charity. Um, it was a nice size sponsorship for last year. And we had uh, business support, uh, sponsorships. um, uh, The city of Stanford, um, one of their agencies actually gave us a grant for the city expenses. So it all came together. That with uh, the booth fees, we were able to have
1: a good event. Okay. So basically your financing came from your deep ties in the community, your nonprofit status, and your ability to people knew who you were and were it was like a almost a built-in organization ready to support your goals. Is that about right? Basically. Yes. Yes. Okay. All right. That's that's a really nice way to do it and of course one of the advantages of starting a nonprofit event um in in a city of the size of Sanford. Um so let's see. How how is how is the planning going for this year's show?
0: it's right, right on track. track actually we're a little ahead of schedule with our advertising and marketing and um so, you know, we're doing really well we have um, our last uh, our deadline to sign up is actually in 2 days so um we right. have over 100 artists that are accepted and um and that's perfect that's just what, where we want to be this year
1: about 100 artists okay mm-hmm. Okay. And can I um, interject something? Yes. Yes.
0: Uh, one of the things that um, that we when we started it, we I don't know if we explained it, but we do have demonstrating artists. And one of the you were talking about one of the obstacles, even more so than the doing the getting past the publicity, the bad publicity, was that we're uh, we started a concept of having demonstrating artists so that they people can come and visit the artists at their booth. They can also buy what they're demonstrating, but also have hands-on projects. And we had uh, 15 to 18 artists demonstrating. And so it could oh. take the whole new, uh, shed the whole new light on our an art festival. That's how it could become a learning experience.
1: The interactive element added a lot of, uh, the, exactly. it doesn't happen much at the Florida shows, at least the ones I've been no, to. No, it doesn't. Right. And,
0: and, and that's why we did it because we felt that this was something the art education component was really needed in Florida, and um a lot of people just do not have art appreciation, and a lot of it is just because they they don't understand what the creative process is, and so we wanted to bring that element into build our festival around that element
1: Mhm, okay, Dennis um. Um, Before I get to Dennis, I want to tell everybody this is Connie Mettler at ArtFairInsiders.com and I'm speaking with show organizers from the St. John's River Festival of the Arts in Sanford, Florida and Dennis Gorg from St. Louis, Missouri from the Medtown Taste Festival Art Fair and with Tim Riley from the Cotton South Festival in Madison, Georgia. I don't think I mentioned the name of your show before, Tim. My apologies. So, Dennis, um, how, so let's see. How, are you running more events than just this one right now?
2: Uh, I you no, know, I just do the one show uh once a year. Uh you know, that's that's enough. There's there's plenty there to do. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
2: yeah. yeah, I mean I have other I have other events that I produce, but but in the in the art world, this is this is all that I do.
1: So you've taken ownership of this. Are you working with a board or are you this is is this your business?
2: It, it's my it's my event, um solely. Now I do uh, you know, proudly listen to artists of course and, and uh as well as the community, the neighborhood that we're in and so there is a uh, there is a business group uh that I listen to very closely in terms of uh their needs and wants within the neighborhood that this uh event <laughs> is gonna be held but in addition to that I'm also very mindful of uh what works best for artists what works best for restaurants and and uh entertainers of course and a lot of those things sometimes can can conflict and so it's always good to to listen to everyone's point of view, you can't put a barbecue stand right next to a, a an artist that's selling oil paintings. Uh, those don't tend to go very well together. Um, so uh, listening to a lot of those things is important and but but this event is it's privately uh, funded by me, and uh, we do have a charitable component. There are uh, five charities in the neighborhood that will benefit from the event. Uh, we try to do a leave behind something that that impacts the community, and that's important as well.
1: Are you gating your event or is it free?
2: Uh the event is free to the public. Uh of course there's there's application and booth fees for artists and restaurants. Oh yes. Restaurants, <laughs> to the public course. I
1: mean. Yes. Yes, yes. <laughs> no,
2: it's a completely free event. We we do have uh you know an an opportunity for people to pick up a program book and give us a buck for that, but uh you know we want people to come experience the art in the event uh
1: without having to pay anything. Okay. So your funding comes from from your enterprise,
2: right? It does. I mean, you know, we it's spread across um booth fees, uh we have sponsors, uh there's also um uh restaurant fees, there's uh you know wineries that are involved that pay a fee. So it really and it, it we try to bear the expense across all the participants who show and exhibit and demonstrate and then of course sponsors as well and um the, one of the advantages and I was going to say um you know the the radio topic really is you know starting a first year show and one of the things that I think is probably most important is those relationships if you have existing relationships just in your regular life in terms of potential sponsors or community uh, as in um the, the other other guests on the show have mentioned their links to the cities those sorts of things that can help you with that initial funding and the financial support. I know for me, um, number one, having done a show in the past helps when you roll out a new show, but also the relationship that I have with sponsors over the years, the ability to pick up the phone and say, hey, we're doing a new show, and they shake their head yes and they open up their checkbook, and that allows you to get that initial funding going while you're waiting for uh, your fees to start tumbling in.
1: Okay. And... Um, do you have any special sponsors? People who've been followed you from event to event.
2: We do. Uh, proudly, uh, the folks over at Miller Light Coors have been a, a longstanding participant for me. Uh, we also have a great media sponsor with uh, a local weekly paper here, the Riverfront Times. Uh, Fox 2, which is our local TV station, uh, is involved. As is uh, Blue Moon. will be rolling out a special. Uh, uh, a special beer specifically for the event called Midtown, which is kind of exciting. Um, and so, having a relationship with these folks from other events uh, that I've done has allowed me to to get these folks involved early enough to to really get, uh, sink their teeth into the event and and get involved.
1: Oh, well, okay. Well, that's that sounds great. Um, a lot of a lot of good stuff. I love the they're branding a beer for your event.
2: They are, and that you know, again, it's it's really bringing people um, to the art, and you know, the art can come in many different forms. It can come in the uh, how you taste wine can be an art, and how you experience craft beers can be an art. So it it really is all about art, food, and fun, and uh, we're we're kind of using that signature, if you will, to bring people to it. And so you could love beer and come and learn about art, or you could love art and come learn about beer.
1: Well, the, the St. Louis community has a good reputation for having. Good events and high quality events, so that's got to be a real plus for you. Even though it I is. know it,
0: it,
2: it has helped a lot, I tell you what. Also, is great is the fact that we're centrally located, so we get artists from really every every region comes to St. Louis, and that that's a unique advantage of being located in the Midwest. Is that right. you know folks don't have a problem traveling here.
1: That's right. It's very accessible. Okay. Well, Tim, yeah. how many people you how many people are you got working on your event? Three
3: primarily on my committee um, and a number of other individuals heading up different aspects of the festival. Um, But there's a core group of us um, that are each charged with various kind of broader aspects of the festival development. Um, There's myself, who's kind of like uh, handling everything. Um, I have a creative director who is on the art side, and I have a planning director who is on the the planning side or the actual on the ground, how things are going to work on the ground kind of side.
1: Um, and then under
3: them, there are a number of other individuals handling things. We also have a large student venue, student art venue planned, um, and the uh, school system art teachers are the ones heading that up.
1: And oh, we have a number a nice of, uh, the
3: festival will have a number of non-profit exposures, and so the, the heads and the boards of those nonprofits are the ones designated to handle you know all of the exposure that the nonprofits have there at the festival as well.
1: I really like uh, your idea of including the uh, the schools and the school art teachers as part of it. You know, people I hear artists say all the time. You know, all the artists are old, and and or and or young people don't come to the shows. But a connection with art teachers and in the schools can certainly help not only. Bring the next generation of artists along. It can bring also bring the next generation of art appreciators. So well, the, good for you.
3: the, the artist, the next generation of artists, I guess, feeds into just exactly why I decided to do the student venue. And I don't know about uh, the areas. I'm guessing it's nationwide. But arts education has really gotten a budget, you know, a serious budget cut over the past five, four or five years. And uh, you know, so so the arts education programs and school systems struggle. Um, one of the things that I'm trying to do is to put the students, and it's actually a, it's actually a juried exhibit of student work, um, so there is a little bit of a competition to it. You know, there is there is it's not just whatever they do. There is a competition. But what I wanted to do was I wanted to put these student artists in close proximity to working artists on the venue, and in the hopes that you know perhaps for one or two of them might, they might actually see the viability. Of choosing an art or an artist profession as a career, you know, and seeing people and being able to talk to professional artists and seeing how how they do it. Um, so I wanted to bring those two elements together, and I think our venue, the way that it's set up, is is you know very uh, very conducive to that. Um, the student artists will have their own area, but it's very close to and sort of inter uh, connected with what we're calling the main artist venue.
1: Okay. Well, I, I applaud you on, on going after that. I know that um, you know, going after art budgets in the schools has been really hard. I've been to a few shows to do some really wonderful things with students and, and ideas for another day. The Central Pennsylvania Festival of the Arts has a, 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 let's see, a youth day, the day before they open for their four-day event, and they run an event for their young people in the schools there who they compete just like the artists do. They have to submit entries and everything like that, and they work on their work all year round. And I've heard that you know, some of those young people have graduated into now being exhibitors at, there in State College at Central Pennsylvania. And another show we attended once was a um, show in um, the Magic City Art Festival in Birmingham, Alabama. And they took, got students from the art schools, from actually from the colleges, and had them... Shadow artists who are participating in the show—it's a great way to teach them about the business. And then uh, your other part about it being competitive—the Des Moines Arts Festival has a very nice Iowa Emerging Artists Program that is very competitive on a very high level. Not just kids in the street—it's it's a very high level. So that's you know, those are all great ideas for beginning shows for for many reasons. So so Tim, tell me how, how where'd you get the money to start this event?
3: Well, my wife and I are the the presenting sponsors of the festival, and I ran a construction business for 30-plus years. Um, I was also a commercial photographer for 20 of those years. Um, And so I've kind of been out in the working world uh, gathering up, uh, you know, the same types of um, retirement funds and so forth. And when we decided that we wanted to do this festival, um, given the economy the way it is, here in the South anyway, um this kind of ties into the sponsorship question. We decided that we didn't want to hit up the local merchants for uh you know cash up front, but we had a need for a lot of what they call contra sponsorships, which are in-kind sponsorships. Um and we've been able to um and that's been a big big plus for us because when they when the local uh, merchants and the local business people realized that we weren't just you know, showing up with our handout for cash, but instead wanted to expose our demographic, our patron demographic, to their product, to their services, and give them plenty of exposure through the festival, really for no upfront cost other than something that they had the ability to do, like a tent rental, for instance, or tables, or linens, or all of the things that festivals have to have. And so that's worked very well for us. Um, So there's been a tremendous contribution from the community in terms of contra. I mean, you can literally put one of these festivals on uh, for very little upfront cash. There are some permits and there are some insurance costs and so forth. But a lot of the costs, if the community is willing to engage in the festival concept, a lot of of staging one of these events can actually be handled for uh, relatively little money. Um, and so that's what we've pursued, and it has—it's been very popular for us, and it's worked well. The well, other thing I wanted to say about the student artist, um, uh, you know, I know that there are a number of festivals around the country who highlight student work, um, and I think that's great. Um, I applaud all of them who do. Um, but we're also—I uh, just want you to think for a minute—with all of the possible, like graphical representations or the imagery that we might conjure with the name the Cotton South. Um, you know, and my initial vision for the festival included things like, uh, you know, pictures of the cotton fields, landscapes, those kind of things. Um, what we've decided to do is actually something that I had already engaged in years ago locally here, and we had a number of students. One of our local art teachers has private uh, art lessons, and a number of her students had like a little exhibit in one of our local office fronts downtown, and some of the work was just absolutely just amazing! It's just wall to wall, beautiful. And so, what we've decided to do is in, is, in lieu of trying to create a sophisticated, and I think maybe we might actually do a better job of creating a sophisticated, but in lieu of of, of trying to create a catchy uh, Cotton South kind of uh, type of image, uh, we've decided to utilize uh, the students' work actually as the festival imagery. So it's not just a matter of, you know, touting our support for the local arts. We actually want the local students to be providing uh, for the image look of the festival um, and giving them credit as well, putting them on our festival posters, T-shirts, et cetera. So we're really looking forward to the kind of output, and it's really open-ended as far as I can see from our students.
1: Okay, well that's, that's great. Well, I've ser- I've been to your website. It's very attractive. You've done a really nice job with the graphics. I think you said you had a, a creative partner, right?
3: I have a creative. Oh, that artist. was Dennis. <laughs> yes,
1: yeah. but a beautiful, beautiful, web- beautiful website. Very, very okay. attractive and nice use of graphics. Um, let's simple. see.
3: That simple is what I wanted. Simple is what I wanted.
1: Mm-hmm. Simple and clean. Well, the thing The thing that I think about you know, I think about Sanford, Florida, and the St John's River is a well trafficked area. I know it's a little remote in Florida, but plenty of people coming through there and art festivals are you know they're they're everywhere in Florida, and people know about them and know why they're there, and so they're likely to attend and in St Louis it's a, the same kind of thing but i you and I had this conversation before where is Madison georgia and Who's going to come to this show? What is your what's your answer to that?
3: Well, that goes back to what I was talking about earlier about Madison's uh, heritage tourism branding. Um, Madison is a it's a select destination and it's known by many 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 thousands of people all over the world. Um, we have a very unique, uh, very high integrity historic district that dates to the early 1800s. It's a town that Sherman refused to burn on his uh, march to the sea. Um, and so, you know, th- we have the stuff of a great deal of history here, and because of that, we've been able to be very successful with our heritage branding. Um, we are an hour east, a little less than an hour east of Atlanta, out I-20, so it's a about a 45- to 50-minute ride from Atlanta. Um, there is a point on that 40- to 50-minute to ride where you literally feel like you've been launched into the Old South. Um, but Madison is actually a very contemporary town, and that's one of the criteria that I think the competition back in 2001 highlighted is that uh, the number one small town in America wasn't just a picturesque uh, Disney World kind of uh, you know uh, thing. It actually had to be functioning. It had to have a lot of community engagement. It had to have Liberty, a lot of right. volunteerism, um, and these are the things that actually Madison embodies. Um so a lot of people know about us. Uh and I'm thinking that a lot more people will know know about us in the art fair context as our marketing and our advertising actually reaches a much broader area.
1: Okay. Okay, well, let's go back to Florida for a minute now. Um Ray Marie, um so you you guys were encouraged enough by year 1 that you're doing year 2. What kind of feedback did you receive from your community after the event last year?
0: Um, actually, from the, the city actually gave us a act of a, so appreciation award. An award. And uh, we got a, we were humbled by all the the positive feedback we got from the area merchants and the people just in the city. You know, people would come to me, and it's like, wow, I was like, who do I thank? Who did this? You know, brought this festival here. I was like, well, I'm not. I'm on the board. It's like, oh, my goodness. And they give me a hug, and I'm like, this was awesome. So the merchants, even though they weren't sure about what was going to happen, they were um, pleasantly surprised, and they are willing to put more effort into um, the event this year.
1: And what kind of a um, what kind of a media plan do you have? Oh, do um, you want
0: to take that? Uh, say <laughs> that again, Connie, please.
1: Well, I'm I'm interested in media. Dennis talked very well about his media, and I started thinking because, of course, that makes such a difference, especially if we're talking thinking about artists. Do they want to come? What are you doing? What do you sort of a media plan do you have, and what do you have set up?
0: Uh, for our camp, uh, for our entire campaign, we have yes,
1: yes, television, the radio,
0: uh, billboards, um, social media. We're really hitting that hard this year, and um, of course, we do the you know the posters, standard posters and flyers, um, handouts. Um, we've also engaged in a lot of um, events in Central Florida and Seminole County. Um, that have a high attendance and we we actually go to these events to promote the art festival um I think last last week we we're at two of them and um and they're day long events, but um we can reach a lot of people that way a lot of uh uh businesses in central Florida, and they actually help us get the word out their social media or their branding.
1: So you're doing some partnerships through uh, the Chamber of Commerce or from business Uh associations?
0: Yes, the local Chamber of Commerce and the Seminole County Chamber of Commerce and um, uh, community organizations like the Elks and the Rotary and the Kiwanis, um, all of it.
1: It, do you have any idea how many people attended last year? A ballpark figure.
0: Well, from the police, they estimated that we had 12 to 14,000. Now we did advertising to to get 20,000 last year, but because you know what was happening last year, I'm sure that that was why we it, we, we got the 12 to 14. But we were really pleasantly surprised to to have the 12 to 14,000 last
1: year. And, and this is a street event, right? In the downtown? Yes, it is. Uh huh. Right. Okay. And the city works well with you?
0: They do. They are, uh, they're very, they're working side by
1: side with us. Oh, that's, that's great. Okay. Well, Dennis, so here we are. Let's see. Is this show looking for you to be any different from other events you have started?
2: Well, I think I think what we found is that um, from an artist's perspective, service is going to be really important. I mean, a lot of shows have got it figured out, and, and I'd like to say that over the course of the other shows that I worked on that we had it figured out as well. But what I've come to realize is that the traveling artist who comes to shows really needs to be and, and really has to expect and receive exceptional additional service from the event planners. And so we've worked really hard to try to incorporate the basic stuff, of course, the booth sitters and, uh, you know, the the events early on and the, the assistance in loading and unloading. But in addition to that, we're working really hard to include the artists in our promotion and our PR to actually provide the artists' names and links and information out to our media that are regionally covering the event ahead of time to really try to feature the kind of art that's coming to the event. And that in that way... Not only are we giving great exposure to the event ahead of time, we're also giving the artist a platform ahead of time to say, hey, here's art that you might want to cover as a media member. But more than just that, um, you know, providing a program book so that when customers, uh, uh, folks who love the art, can take away contact information about the artist. And, you know, early on years ago, many art shows... It really coveted their artist's contact information because they didn't want other shows to come and uh, necessarily use that data to try to get artists to switch to their show and i think we have a much different approach which is that we really want to promote our artists out there not only to the media but the general public and the folks who also come to the show as a way to continue to buy throughout the year from these artists who do sell. and a lot of artists are now becoming very tech savvy with uh, their own website and uh, the e-commerce as well, and I think that um, the more that we endear the artists to providing better service um, at our festival, but also year-round, um, the, the the better we're going to have them returning to the show and 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 being successful at the show as well. Uh, what I love most uh, about a show that that runs year after year is when someone from the general public can say, "Oh, is so and so artist going to be there uh, from Arizona?" You know and and they're coming to your show specifically to see a specific artist that they've already contacted with, and that that's great that's great business it's great for the show, it's great for the artist and so what we really see changing for us this year is more of that, more catering to the artists, making sure that we're getting them lunch, making sure that we're providing the support services, but then taking it a step further, including them in our social media, in our promotion, in our advertising, and then uh, after the fact making sure that folks who attend um, the art fair are uh, receiving information about the artists so that they can continue year-round with these artists that they fall in love with.
1: So okay, let's let's say this. You have you have a lot of um, things going on at your event co- because it's a festival. The thing that uh, stops artists the most from applying to shows like that is that they are afraid that they are going to be left behind in the media, that all of the promotion is going to go to the the music and the ancillary activities. So this is um. If you are serious about having it really be a fine art fair also, how what are you doing to keep that from happening or or do you, or do you care?
2: I do care and completely acknowledge that. In in fact, it, you know, it it's a completely conscious thing when you look at our website which is midtowntaste.com. When you pull up that website, you'll notice that uh, the words midtown taste are in lowercase and the word art fair is in all capital letters that you know we've even gone to the extremes that in our creative materials we put art fair out there more front and center because it it is so true what you say that most festivals use uh, the art is the secondary component. And and artists have often felt uh, at other shows that they're that they're the second deal, that they're not the important focus. And what we're trying to do is find a really happy balance because, sure, people do come to the event, they want to experience entertainment, they do want to experience food, but there's also a great population that wants to experience art. And I think what we're really trying to make a conscious um, uh, choice is this year uh, about how we feature artists, how we feature artists in the media ahead of time. Uh, you know, we have a lot of our artists are arriving early on Friday are going to be going to the morning TV shows and the, the radio shows to promote the event. So we're very aware and very conscious of the fact that, that art can be a driver to these events. And many folks who uh, have their origins in event management uh, cut their teeth on festivals, not on art fairs. And so the the typical festival organizer has always thought of the art as a secondary piece, and I, I think what we're doing in our show is is putting art front and center. Now that's not to say that we won't have a restaurant tour also with us on that morning TV show. Right. Right. Um, you know, but but there is a mix, and it, it is true. For years, you would get involved in a festival, and that's the art area over there, almost like a secondary thought. And so we're working real hard to make sure that 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 doesn't happen. Uh, St. Louis is the land of street festivals. We're big about our neighborhood festivals, and so uh, it is true that there are other events in this region that uh, the festival comes first. Uh, But for our event, Midtown Taste Art Fair, uh, we're going to make sure that there's a really good fair balance and that... These artists that are traveling, oftentimes for hours, away from their home, uh, are taken care of and and are showcased. And I think that that showcasing that art will bring people to the event, uh, and I think we're going to work hard at it, for sure.
1: So you sounds like you have some really good connections with your media. I mean, you have a a bigger um, population base than these other uh, two shows that we're talking to today. So... I do. Our your metro, media
0: our metro area is difference. about
2: a million people, but you know the the for us the the media reach also is regional. You know, contacting America Way magazine four months ago and saying, hey, you know your traveler who picks up a magazine in their seat pocket, we want a blurb in there. And a lot of these media, they plan that stuff six, seven, eight months out. And so uh, I am very aware of of the media and the impact regionally, and that's. That's been a real important piece for us um, to keep that media not just locally but also regionally. And, and we've done a good job of getting online and, and finding good media members who want to cover this and, and getting information out there as early and as quick as possible. And your earlier guests even mentioned social media. Being out front in social media, getting the websites going, getting the Facebook stuff going, all that stuff is also equally important. But um, having relationships with the media are real important. You know, artists are not gonna show up if the crowds aren't there and you want your artists to be successful and and uh you know you obviously want great success and good population to show up and, and shop the event. And St. Louis is unique because we have a, a great summertime tourism here, similar to Florida and folks I'm sure those folks find that as well, that that uh, folks will come to St Louis for that weekend and maybe watch a ball game and and go to some of our art institutions, but uh, or the zoo. Uh, but at the same time, we want them to check out the the art fair as well.
1: Right, and that connection with the public, as they local people go about their daily adventures, is a really a great, a great draw for out of towners too to live like the locals, and which they can do, of course, at an art yeah, festival. Yeah, be a okay. tourist,
2: be a tourist in your town. And I should say one more thing that that uh, uh, the other folks listening on the show who might be thinking about producing their own show, don't forget the hotels. Don't forget to talk to the front desk folks and the staff there about your event ahead of time because there are people in your city who are visiting for unknown reasons to you, uh, maybe looking for something to do, and that's a whole other segment of population that could come to your event.
0: Well,
1: Okay. Great tips. Okay. So, okay, Tim, now it's your turn. Do you have anything... That you're really excited about that you're doing for your for your show this year, first time you, first time organizer, first time show. What? Well, well, anything um, that I'm anything that I'm
3: really excited yeah. about. Well, I'm really excited mm-hmm. about every aspect of it. Um, it has been such a huge learning experience for me. Um, one of the things that I'm really excited about is just seeing the application, the level of the applications that we're getting uh, so far, it's just blowing my mind. And if we can continue to fill a venue with the kind of things that we already have gotten. Uh, I think we're going to really, really impress the community. And um, and then I hope that we will really, really impress the artists. I believe that we've got a plan and a program set up to do just that. Um, and we'll be looking for those evaluations and talking to them on the venue, et cetera, trying to get as much feedback from them as we can.
0: But, this no, whole is one of the things is-
1: that you've done a really nice job on, Tim. I encourage Tim, since he was starting a new show, to come to my website, artfairinsiders.com, and if he had questions that were for the artists, for him to ask the ask the questions there on the site. You've gotten some good feedback, haven't you, Tim?
3: I have, really. It's been a great resource.
1: They, they, yeah, I the artists, they, they're and interested, I, right?
3: And I guess I need to thank you for that.
1: <laughs> you need to thank them for replying, I, you just ask me the question that's one person, but there you had this uh, this nice bunch of people and I would encourage other shows especially people who are starting shows if they really um, my top tips for starting a new show would be to visit lots of shows I'm sure you all have done that and then to check out our and, and read and hear what the artists are saying about the business because it's an invaluable resource for free, and you can make some friends. Are you making some friends, Tim? We're Making friends. <laughs> yeah, okay. no,
3: actually, I've enjoyed. I've really enjoyed the the back and forth on Art Fair Insiders. Um, it's always a a bit of a you know. I don't want to. I don't want to be an obvious uh, shill for my show on the show, but I want to. I definitely want to get straight feedback from the artists uh, on just general questions, and I have found that you're program your your website is a really a perfect format for that a platform for
1: that well one of the reasons that i put you forward there is be- some of the things that you told me personally that you were doing to ensure that artists to make it easy for artists to come to a first time show what were a couple of those things
3: things to make it easy for an artist to come to a first time show now you're going to have to kind of refresh my memory on that what are you talking about well
1: i really liked your ideas weren't you doing something about lodging
3: Oh, you're talking about the artist amenities.
1: Um, Mm -hmm. Artist amenities, right.
3: Yeah, early on in our program. um, I guess just to sum it up, uh, a new festival has to do some things differently. I think you've got to give people something that they can't get elsewhere. Um, I'm fortunate also to live in a community that is uh, fairly well engaged uh, and Uh, see some of the potentials in the festival. So I've been able to implement a group of artist amenities here that will enable us to uh, eliminate a lot of the upfront cost to the artists. Uh, It's basically a two-sided responsibility. We have to provide a market for the artists so that they are successful in the sales of their work,
0: Um, but we also
3: want to cut their expenses uh, when they get here. And so we're planning a lot of different types of things, uh, essentially just to take those expense burdens off of them. And in the same time, we'll be expanding the Cotton South brand, so it's not completely uh, philanthropic. Um, and I think that uh, so far, you know, most of the, well, all of the applicants to our festival so far have opted into, you know, our our unique, our more unique amenities. So yeah, that's working well.
1: Well, good, good, okay. Guess, did that so forward, answer your question? <laughs> yeah. So that that's that's a. Good job, okay. yes.
0: Okay, we're, nearing, we're doing, uh, nearing
1: the end here. We just have a, a few minutes left. This is a fast, fast hour. Um, so I'd like to do a little wrap-up, a few uh, wrap-up questions with, with my guests today. Um, Kim and Marie from uh, St. John's Festival of the Arts in St. John's, in Sanford, Florida, and Dennis Gorg at St. Louis at the Midtown Taste Art Fair and Tim Riley from the Cotton South Art Festival in Madison, Georgia. So I would like, since you all have, I, I know Tim's still in the throes of it, Dennis has had some successes over the years, and Ray, Marie, and Kim are no longer beginners. So <laughs> so what are some ideas, I'll let Kim go first, what are some good tips for someone who is thinking about starting a show?
3: don't be afraid to innovate, don't be afraid to try something new. I mean, I think that's one of your questions to us was about the advantages of a new festival over an established festival. And I think established festivals, if they've got a sharp uh, board running them, can pretty much do anything that a newer festival could. But it's pretty much incumbent on newer festivals to be innovative, to try new uh, media channels, to try to perfect media channels. Uh, and to try to do things like implement uh, uh, broad amenities programs for the artists, you really have to you have to give them something that sets you apart.
1: Okay, those are good. And how about Kim this time? What about what do you have to say? Well, I would
0: say um, to define what your art festival niche is and to stay focused to that um, is one of the most important things for me. And also to for, for me it's the art, art comes first, first. And every should, should, everything should support the art. Um but, but be beneath that. Um so that's that's what I would say but that's just for me.
1: Ray Marie, do you have some ideas to add in there? Um bloody, well I watched what
0: Tim said with the amenities, and I notice that when I'm talking to artists, you know, because we say, well, it's all about the artists. We're, you know, we're helping you because you are coming to us, and that has made a big difference. Like with social media on the website, and um, letting them know that you know we've got we're doing all these promos, and they're a lot of them are very surprised and grateful, and um, plus, you know, providing lunch for them, and it just makes a big difference when you know when they know that you're there for them. If they have any questions, you're right there and calling them back, and and we were surprised that they were surprised when we do, <laughs> and right. um, that's that's a big deal.
1: Okay, the communications. And Dennis, what about you? What's some what's some tips that you've got to put in place here? I think
2: the most important, uh, one of the most important tips, of course, everything that everyone's already contributed, all very important. In addition, I would add that. Uh, uh, you know, listen, listen well, listen to your artists, listen to your community, use those resources that exist uh, in your community, whether it be your existing contacts, people that you already work with, maybe in uh, other non-related industries, people who businesses, you know, your favorite restaurant that you go to may be a great sponsor for your art show. Uh, you know, that that relative of yours who works at a, a business, they may be a sponsor or they may be someone who can help you uh, in terms of that. You know, Don't be afraid to use the resources that you have uh, and the people that you already know and listen to the artists in terms of what works and what doesn't work. And the, the great value is uh, you know, if you can go to other shows and you can actually spend time talking to artists, they're your best resource for what works and what doesn't work because oftentimes you'll have an artist come into your show who's done 20 other shows they They see it, they know regionally what works, and they may have been to a show in Ohio, someone who's trying something new, and they'll tell you what worked and you know don't be afraid to incorporate what you hear works um because that's what really makes uh art shows grow and and are successful and and the artists will take uh forward what works and they're they're not bashful they'll 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 let you know what's working because they want it to work and they want it to be successful. So listen and use your existing resources. That's always a a real good tip.
1: Okay. I want to thank everybody who joined me today. Thank you so much. Listeners, I'm going to be posting all this info on broadcast at ourfairinsiders.com, and I welcome your comments there. You can download this free podcast at iTunes in the podcast section and subscribe to it there also. We have more interesting shows in the works with some of the nation's top show directors and artists. On our next podcast, we'll be speaking with artists who have moved away from art fairs and are having success selling their art through other venues. It should be very interesting and helpful to all of your careers. Do you have a good idea for a podcast? Let me hear from you, Connie at ArtFairCalendar.com, email me, or post it on our podcast page at Art Fair Insiders. Till the next time, Please visit ArtFairInsiders.com, tell your friends about us, like us on Facebook, and go out, create, and make money. Many thanks to my guests for participating today, and best wishes to everyone.